0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. This morning while I was taking a shower, I was thinking of that last line, make sure you wash your face so no one knows you're fasting, but then I thought, I'm a priest on Ash Wednesday, everyone knows I am anyways. I don't know uh, how much it would have mattered either way. (laughs) I want to talk about two liturgical changes, meaning changes in the way we operate as a church when we gather in ritual worship that have come from the Vatican. And then I want to also talk about Ash Wednesday and Lent. But before I get into all of that, I want to tell you a story about a saint, St. John Henry Newman. He's a wonderful saint out of England. And this man is where you get Newman centers on college campuses. That name comes from him, who's a brilliant man, And he actually was a convert from a Protestant tradition, and he ended up coming to the Catholic faith by studying what we call the Church Fathers, which are really kind of the first five to eight hundred years of writings after St. Paul. So after St. Paul, the brilliant theologians, saints, mystics, Church Fathers, and mothers, there was really holy women as well, but we tend to call them the Church Fathers or the early Church Writings reading those, praying over them, he decided to make the journey into the Catholic Church, which came at a large cost because he was very prominent in his Protestant tradition. And he was not really highly regarded while he was alive. He wrote books, he gave amazing sermons, but most people kind of discounted him. It was only after he died did the people start finding in his writings a wealth of wisdom and wit. English men and women have a lot of wit, all right, so he had a lot of wit as well, but also a warmth and depth that was really moving. But this is one of the things, a famous quote of his. He says, to live is to change, and to be perfect is to have changed often. So to live is to change, right? We know it just even biologically. You're a kid. I remember those shin splints when I went through growing pains You're changing there, you're changing schools, you're changing size closes, you're changing. But he's talking about also on a deeper level of our worldviews. What we think of God, what is true, what is not, what matters, what doesn't. He said, if you're going to become holy, you're going to become perfect, you're going to actually experience fulfillment and the deepest longings of your heart, then you need to have changed a lot in life. You need to keep adapting. And obviously it gets harder the older you are, even neurologically. Those brain waves, those pathways in our brain are more and more solidified, so it becomes more and more difficult. But there really is only one reality that never changes. God. He is the only one that never changes. Because to change is either to become more or less perfect. And he's already got that title. The cross of Jesus, God, pouring out his love, never changes. And if there's one thing this past year that we all became really good at, or we didn't, but we're forced to, is change. In fact, in many ways, the way you and I experience change is a good indicator of how close we are to Jesus. Knowing that his love never changes, his truth never that who you are, who he is, and how we're called to live never changes, that frees us up to allow all sorts of other things to change and not fret about them too much. Even though every change is a sort of, sort of dying to what we're familiar with and awaiting for a new life to be born, that gap of waiting oftentimes is very annoying. So I want to talk about, in light of that, two changes that the Vatican has asked us to do. So the first one is how the priest prays at Mass. So since the, if you remember the translation that happened about 10 years ago in the Roman Missal, right, we all started all started saying words like consubstantial with the Father. Right? We had no idea what that word meant ever, but now we started using it. Things like that. Right? And we got an opportunity to learn and understand new words. Well, ever since then, the priest has been praying at the end of the prayers through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Well, beginning this Ash Wednesday, the priest is asked to remove the word one. So now it's just God forever and ever. Why do you care? Why does it matter? Why am I wasting time on an Ash Wednesday homily about this? Because it's really beautiful to recognize how we pray reveals what we believe, or what we don't believe and should be believing. That final part of every prayer that the priest prays is all a faith claim about who Jesus is. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ. He lives and reigns with you, Father. He lives in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God. He is God forever and ever. And so when we make our prayers, we make them with confidence that we are praying through God himself. We are not simply religious seekers in the 8 billion people in the world. We're not just open to new ideas and, hey, we'll see where we get. It's just about the road trip. No, we have answers. Jesus has given us answers to some of life's most mysterious and challenging questions. And he has shown us that he is a God who doesn't want to be distant, but wants to live not just in this world, but through the Holy Spirit in my heart and in your heart. And so when we pray, we pray by the very power of God moving in us. And so as we begin Lent, one of the things we're meant to repent of, let go of an empty, is thinking that our prayers are powerful because we're cute. But God doesn't answer my prayers because I bat my eyelashes or, you know, I knelt on rice for an extra 10 minutes. God answers our prayers because he sees Jesus in us. He sees that our egos are emptied and like Christ, we are open with trust in the love of the Father. Like Jesus, we are willing to suffer other people's brokenness and staying in union with Jesus, we're quick to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. When the Father sees the life of Jesus growing in one of us, his ears are all the more attuned because we're praying in union with Jesus. If you think this didn't matter, if you don't know of the saint, St. Padre Pio, he was a priest in Italy, people flew all over the world just to ask him for prayers. They could pray. What was the difference? Oh, he was emptied of his own ego and filled up with Christ. So people trusted him. And in the scriptures we hear the power of the prayer of a holy man or woman. You're that holy man or woman. You are the baptized. Here's the second change coming at us. This year, instead of getting a cross on your forehead... You will come forward and you will bow down, and I will sprinkle, and so will Father John, ashes on the crown of your head. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, that's a neat change. Other views may be thinking, that's stupid. Okay? Wherever you're at is okay, God can meet you there. But regardless of what you think, I'm sprinkling, okay? The Pope and the Vatican has asked this to be the way we celebrate this year. And as a priest, I'm a servant of the church, not my own personality. And so when we gather, we celebrate as Catholics, and we receive the graces of God. We don't manufacture them. So we're going to do it differently this year. There is going to be a change. But I want to remind you about this change. About half the countries of the world never do the sign of the cross. Every year they sprinkle. All right? So that sign of the cross is not the universal practice. Also, pouring ashes on you is more of an ancient tradition. It's actually hinted at in the scriptures. The cross on your forehead is not in the scriptures, although it's hinted at a little bit in the book of Revelation. And so it's not like we're creating something new this year. We're actually expanding our understanding of how our faith is lived and expressed. It may have different meanings for you this year. It may bring up all sorts of things for you. Another thing's changing. One more I can't handle anymore. I come to the church for the same things always. I want always the same thing. To live is to change, and to be perfect is to change often. Jesus' love, the reality of Christ, the power of the cross, the truth of the gospel never changes. How we participate, how it's expressed changes often. And it keeps us childlike. So if this is an annoying thing for you, guess what? Your Lent starts right away. <laughs> if this is an exciting thing for you, congratulations. You're ready right away. But the beauty of Ash Wednesday and of Lent is this. We are not called to be miserable people. We're not allowed to laugh or smile or have fun. It's a day of penance. No. No. What Ash Wednesday and Lent is fundamentally about is the prayer we say at the beginning of every Mass, Lord, have mercy. It's about recognizing and accepting more deeply that we only live on the Lord's love. That the only reason I'm still alive and you're alive is because God wants you alive right now. That he doesn't lose any of his infinite glory if Ryan Mann stops existing. But he chooses for me to exist at every moment and same with you. We are that frail. We're that dependent. And every time we go into a confessional, we confess we're also that rebellious about it. And so Lent is the time where we can finally say to one another, I'm not okay. I need prayers. I need help. And the good news is, God is revealed in Jesus. He is eager to help the humble heart. And so we get to let go of right away, I know how things should be. And we get to pray, thy will be done, in thy way, in thy timing. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brecksville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.